That was Popol Vuh, the title track from the album Let's Tataka. Let's Nachta. Yesterday and Last Night. This album is from 1976. We are listening to the whole thing. Next up, we're going to listen to the track entitled Wanderschaft. Wanderings in English. You are listening to The Gates of Delirium. I am your host, Perkins Warbeck the 23rd. And we are all here on Mutiny Radio. FM.
That was Poe Paul Vu. From their 1976 album, Letzte Taka, Letzte Nachta. Yesterday and yes, last night. We listened to the entire album. And the last piece we heard was Haram Di Ra. And before that, a whole bunch of songs titled in German. So that's all we have for you this week here on the Gates of Delirium. My name is Perkins Warbeck. I will be back next week for two more hours of the most obscure and exalted progressive rock that the world has never known. You are listening here on MutinyRadio.fm. The time is a little bit before 8 o'clock here in San Francisco. A little bit before 11 o'clock in Connecticut. And 3 o'clock in Amsterdam for those who get around. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. That's Jimi Hendrix. By God, it was. Uh, we're going back to the basement. Uh, let's see. This is uh, Nicholas Edwin, uh, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-E-D-W-I-N. song's called Brown Paint. It goes like this. Let's see. Well, let's see. We're going to tell you anything about Nicholas. Um... Uh, now he's shot of Chicago, so let's see, let's see what this is. Brown paint this is. Um, we got that turned up, touching that, uh, it has accepted my request, processing.
This is Carly Ozard. I'll be back in about five minutes, ready to bring you House of Pride Radio.
Yes, yes, that was uh, Shriekback. Uh, all lined up. Uh, we're going back to the basement. This is... Um, I'm going to say his name, man, because uh, he just sent it to me. I uh, hope there's no one after you, Nicholas Mikowski, uh out of Chicago. <laughs> the Chicago Mikowskis. Um Overbite air. Uh, yeah, uh, we're going. Here we go. This is called Bury Him Quick. If you dig this, look for uh, Nicholas. Uh, what? Nicholas Edwin? Dude, you sent me something earlier. Double dipping, man. All right, we're going to do it because uh, I like your style, man. <laughs> there. Uh, bury Him Quick. Just kidding. It's a top selector. Happy 420, everybody. This is Carly Ozard at House of Pride Radio. We are celebrating 420 with you today. And let's face it, some of us celebrate it every day. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hey, Carl. Hey, Mike. Thank you for having me back on your show one more time. What? I'm ready to go. I'm Every week. Fire me. I, I just said the show's an acronym. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You can hear it on Mutiny Radio. 2 p.m. You can hear it on the podcast as LWAFLMOYT. You can hear it. You can watch it as a visual thing. You can see us now 
on the YouTube at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And that is short. I'll say it again. I say it every week. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Thank you, Michael. Oh, thank you, Michael. I've been waiting for this day. (laughs) You're driving me batshit with this. You're not a guest. You were a guest maybe the first year we started this. Yeah, yeah. 2016, was it? I don't know. 16, yeah. Yeah. And I said at one point, I realized doing rotating guests was really – it wasn't that it was a bad thing, which it was. It's not sustaining. It's that we really clicked. Uh Uh-huh. Might uh, be some history. (laughs) Yeah, and then you were also the only one who wanted to keep doing it. So Yeah. 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 Who's going to do the research? Yeah, so we here's the premise. We're going to watch a movie on YouTube with you at the same time you watch it and you listen to our podcast at the same time. And to make this happen, Carl already watched the movie how many times? Four times this week? This No, the, three times. But the first time was kind of casual. But this will be my fourth time. And you research. We're going to hear a lot of things about this movie. I purposely go in blind. I am you. I am the audience member. Although if you subscribe, you'll hear what the movie is for next week, and then you can watch it and be prepared. That's a plus. If you sit yeah, through you the watch it ahead of time, if you're that dedicated, you know I am. The best way is to tell your friends to subscribe to L W A F L M O Y T. They don't even have to download it. They just we just need the number. Don't don't write a review on iTunes. <laughs> just tell your friends to subscribe so our numbers get bigger. Yeah. All right. Well, with that nugget, Carl, what movie are we watching this week? Today, we will watch The Vagrant 1992. The Vagrant 1992. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. You know it's V-A-G-R-A-N-T. I know you know that already. I know that now. It might be the only channel you find. It's it's not Vixen and then the fruit plum. It's Vixem with an M and then plum with no B, which is just plum crazy. I noticed that too. I thought it was Bernstein bears, but it was Bernstein bears. <laughs> right. It was That's actually Bernberg. It's the Bernberg bears. It's not Bernstein. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are, uh, by the way, they're the most Christian bears I know. It's anyone the Goyim mistakes, bears. Pretending anyone who mistakes the Bernstein bears for Jews, uh, Jewish bears, <laughs> they are off the mark. Those are Christian <laughs> bears. And they, anyway. But, uh, Those Jews are podcast. for Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know, they were there at the manger. Anyway, so... Uh, they, well, they were like, get away, bear. Don't you remember there was a, the Bernstein bears were... Anyway, this is how the show works. <laughs> we're off to a rollicking start. We okay, want well, you to go that, find... The Vagrant, The Vagrant, 1992, and we like Vixen Plum. The Vagrant, 1992. Go ahead and find the channel that's hosting it, Vixen Plum, and it's the only really channel that's hosting it. Click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. Don't worry, you'll have plenty of time. We're going to have a celebrity comedian on right now. They're going to tell you a little bit about themselves. Carl has a rollicking time with them. And at the end of the interview, they're going to do a celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, you're going to press play on this YouTube movie. And we're going to kick it off. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with Harris Stanton. Welcome, Harris. (laughs) 
Now, Harris, you are a big-time comedian. I mean, you're out there sharing the stage with Patrice O'Neill and Bill Burr and Tracy Morgan and Dave Chappelle, and you're all over TV, right? Comic View, Premium Blend, uh, Comics Unleashed. But I noticed you were also like a yeah. character on Saturday Night Live. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, I used to do extra work. Uh... Well, a while ago, uh, for a few years on the show, which was very, uh, I was a young kid from South Carolina. And uh, so, you know, it was being an extra. I thought I was a cast member. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, 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 I just, you know, you get to be up at 8 age and see how things work. And I didn't have to sit with the extras. I used to just sit with in Tracy's dressing room. And so I used to get the, uh, you know, I get to hang out with the, with the cast members and back and forth to their dressing room, Daryl Hammond and, uh, Will Ferrell and those guys, and uh, those guys are really cool. And uh, Molly Shannon was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun, man. Being 21, 22, 23, uh, doing that, it was great. I thought it was only upward from there. Yeah, I mean, you're hitting the big city, you know, coming from down south. You must have just, it must have blown your mind. Yeah. Now, when I looked up, oh, yeah, man. And I got to party with them too. I got to party with them because I was friends with Tracy, so I got to go to all the parties. That sounds great. So it was cool. And so that's why I said I felt like a cast member because I, I went to the after party and the after after. So that led, I guess, to a bunch of comedy career stuff, right? I mean, you were... Um... Oh, but I wanted to ask you, I looked up on your TV credits and it said that you were uh, on some European television. What's that all about? Yeah, it was uh, it was a show in Rotterdam in uh, Holland called Raymond is Lot, which translates to Raymond is Late. It's like a late night variety show over there that was really popular at the time. I'm not sure if it's still on, but it was uh, hosted by a real popular uh, personality, Raymond. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but um, he was the popular late night variety show host. And they would have stand-ups from America and musical acts from America. And then the whole show is done in Dutch. So it was kind of strange, you know. <laughs> you just you just, you just just listen to a lot of, like, right before he brings you up, you don't know what he's saying. So, you, you know, you just have to wait to hear your name. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of weird, but, you know, it was it was really fun and exciting. And, of course, you did your act in English, I'm sure. Oh, of course, yes, I did, and they they got it. But it, you could feel I could feel a little, I you know I didn't bomb, but I could feel a little, uh, maybe lost in translation, or maybe yeah. a little gap, little barrier there somewhere. But uh, it went okay. Now they do have a neighbor of England, Holland, of course, but the water is separating them. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure not everybody knows yeah. English, but that must have been a great experience. You know, them flying you out there and you doing that—that that must have been terrific. Yeah, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was great. Yeah, yeah. I auditioned for it at Broadway Comedy Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's funny. So, um. I want to talk about Patrice O'Neill. From what I understand, he was a very, very good friend. He was a mentor. I know this elephant in the room yeah. on Comedy Central you were a part of. It came out in 2011. Mm -hmm. That's the year he passed away. Uh, tell me about your relationship yeah. with him. Um, it was, uh, like you said, it was a bit of a mentor uh, uh, relationship, a uh, friend. 
Um, you know, uh, we did business together. Uh, you know, um, you know, it's funny because uh, you know Patrice is a big comedian, and um, and um, you, you don't you don't really realize uh, how important he was in your life until he's like not there anymore. You're like, oh shit, he was he was fucking huge. Yeah, and then, you know, you, you know, you, you you deal with that. But uh, I met Patrice, you know, in, in in New York City at the clubs, bouncing around, and you know, when you start comedy in the city, there's so many comedians and certain people, you know, you gravitate to, you gravitate to, far as friendship is concerned, because you know you're not close friends with everyone, so you know you kind of kind of go where you, you know, like when you're in school, you, you figure out who your friends are. Yeah, and um. Uh, that's what happened, and bring me on the road. I was honored, and I got to study from the master and yeah. learn from him. And yeah, it was it was uh it was tremendous, man. Best times of my life. Yeah. Now, as you know, on this show, we do it. Watch a full length movie. We once watched a full length movie called Furry Vengeance, mm -hmm. and Patrice O'Neill was in it. And so, you know, I do the research, and I got to look up uh, him, and and uh, I got to uh, drop a lot of stuff about him. Uh, he was really, really funny, man. He had his demons. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Very insightful as well, too. Mm -hmm. Now, you just mentioned the Broadway Comedy Club, and we were both there. It was just on a Wednesday night, nothing spectacular, but just want to be in front right. of strangers on a weeknight. You know, it's gold. Right. Now, you were up there on the stage talking about being afraid of flying. It was a routine you were doing and how you want to stay yeah. on the road. And I rudely interrupted. I don't know if it's so rude, but I just blurted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's whatever. You were yeah. on the bus. So this was the Turn It Funny tour. Um, uh -huh. And Tracy Morgan was part of that. Uh, but James McNair passed away. It was an accident with a Walmart truck. Uh, tell tell me a little bit about that. I mean, the first thing you said was that was a long time ago, and I guess it was yeah. 2014. You know, so yeah, is that still with you? Or tell me. A little oh bit yeah, about absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was still with me. It's a, a traumatic event, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm I think I've, I've done a good job of uh, getting over it. I don't have any. Uh, initially, I had a little PTSD afterwards. Uh, yes. I don't I don't deal with any of that anymore. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, so now you related a funny story about how where Tracy ended up. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you know it was an accident, so we were being tossed around in there. And you know when it's going on, you don't you know you're just in the middle of it. But when it, the dust settled, uh, I realized Tracy was on top of me, and um, he was kind of hanging from something. He was not on top of me, but he was kind of hanging from something. And um, he he was peeing, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, Tracy, man, stop peeing on me." <laughs> now he was. I told I I told him when he woke up uh, from yeah. his coma, you know, uh, I told him I said, "Man, I'm glad you're okay, man." But you know, you was peeing on me. He's like, "Whatever." I know you like it. I know how you get down. And I was like. You know, just women, not men. Yeah, that's a little gentle. Is that okay? Is that okay for this podcast? Yes, golden it is. showers. <laughs> You want, yeah, you want women and you want conscious. You want them to be conscious. Yes, 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 yes. Now, you did have a broken wrist from that, mm -hmm. and like a bruised up ankle or something. Were you in a lot yeah. of pain when it, you know, like, like th there was a big event and then you find yourself like, what happened? Did it hurt a lot? Uh, were you able to get out of the vehicle? Um, 
see yeah, it. no, I wasn't. I was helped out of the vehicle. I wasn't able to get out because uh, I was uh, I was all disorientated and and uh, and, um, and and I was just stuck. One, two, I couldn't move, and I could. I tried to move, but my wrist was. I realized my wrist was broken. But there were people outside trying to help us out, uh-huh. and um, and they did, and I got out, and uh, I realized everyone else was unconscious, and um, I remember the uh, one of the EMTs telling me that uh, Uncle Jimmy Mack didn't look good, so. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't EMT. It was oh, was it EMT or, or maybe the driver? Because one of the drivers, there was two drivers, and one of the drivers, both of the drivers, was helping. You know, people try to take us out. Uh huh. So you talked about uh, South Carolina. I, I know you went to school down there. I guess it was in Spartanburg, and this is when, you know, an amazing thing happened. You were drafted. I mean, 52nd round, but you were drafted into Major <laughs> League Baseball, right? Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I played baseball all my life. It was part of my life growing up. My I come from a baseball family. Uh, my uncle played Major League Baseball. And when I was younger, he coached uh, minor league baseball with the Toronto Blue Jays organization. And they, they had a team near where I grew up in Florence, South Carolina. So I would go to Florence to see minor league games and – then they moved to Myrtle Beach, and I would uh-huh. go to Myrtle Beach to see games, and I, I would play. And um, and my father loved baseball; he always was watching it. So later on, I started, you know, taking taking to it, and um, I really try really hard to be a major league baseball player for a while. You did a you do a very funny routine about that, uh, about like losing your mitt, and it kind of doesn't matter. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh well, that was that part is just a joke. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't lose my mitt. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I make fun of uh, that's me uh, being uh, 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 making fun of myself about you know failure or not getting where I wanted to go. Uh-huh. So I exaggerate a little bit on my experience when I uh, played uh, in spring training. Baseball, whatever. Next thing you know, you're on Saturday Night Live hanging out. I know. It's crazy. Terrific, you know. And I do want to recognize your uncle, uh, Leroy, I think is his name. And yeah. He's not with us anymore. I know that. It was an accident. But yeah, did nine seasons as a Major League Baseball player, including the New York Mets. Yeah, yeah. And he played a year in Japan uh, for the uh... – Hunshin right. Tigers, I think it was. Right. I read that, too. I didn't understand what that yeah. was. Okay, so that was Japan. That's Yeah, he played in Japan for a year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's your father's uncle. It must be with the last name, of course. Yeah, my father's brother, yeah. Yeah, he must have been proud or jealous. I don't know which. There's a dynamic <laughs> between brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I come from a baseball family. My whole family played baseball. My uncle's the only one that took it seriously, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you have a bunch of stuff out there online, but you've all let me see what have we got here? Uh I don't know. kill you. <laughs> Gotham Comedy Live, Damon, Native Innocence. But there was a DVD I wanted to plug, and I know you're working on a new one, a comedy special. Um uh, that was a comedy album, um, Naive Innocence. I I recorded it in 2017. Okay, gotcha. But so yeah. you're working on a new one now. Yes, yes. It's pretty, uh, it's coming along the COVID, you know, pretty much, you know, when you, you're not getting on stage as much, it's harder to 
you know, create the material and ah, get it, get you. it, get it like you want to. You know, that takes a lot of stage time over, <laughs> and a lot of little, you know, spots like doing, you know, like the show you saw me at, just, you know, just crafting an act, you know. Right, experimenting. What, yeah. you, you're working on a title. You got a title. You know what? I don't do the. I, I do the title after I realize what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like after I do, like I perform somewhere and I do an hour, 45 minutes and I'll record it and I'll listen to it and I hear what it sounds like. And then that, that's how I come up with, with the title. You know, I, that's how, that's how I did the last one, you know? So yeah. Like something from the content. Yeah. Yeah. Something from the content or, or whatever. Uh, Cause you know, a lot of these jokes, some of them are have nothing to do with each other, but once I have the material together, I like to try to craft it into to something like a through line or, or a theme or, mm -hmm. you know, a narrative or something like that. You know, I tried to find it. Matrice taught me how to do that too. Um, to find the commonality and all the jokes that you've written to form a, a bit of a narrative. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. He's, he was, he's really sharp. I mean, that's something that, uh, okay. Native in naive innocence. That's the one. Now that's still yeah. out there on Apple music, right? Yeah, it's on all platforms, actually. All yeah. Platforms. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Check it out. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, naive. So, okay. Naive Innocence, and that's out there on all the other platforms. Now, how can people find you out there? I know Twitter is at Harris Stanton. Instagram is Harris Stanton Comedy. Do you have a website, YouTube channel? How can people find you out there? Follow mm -hmm. No, I don't have a website, but I, I'm 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 gonna get where I've been saying that for a while. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have a I'm on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter, and I usually try to put uh when I'm performing anywhere, I try to post I post my performances. So if anyone's interested, they can uh, you know, buy a ticket. You know, <laughs> that's right. Hopefully, it's Scotty's right next. Yeah, time. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, now. Harris Stanton. Everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the same time as we do. They must hit play at home at the exact same time that we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Harris Stanton, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> You saw it was a Brooks Film production, right? <laughs> Name me another movie that Brooks, uh, Mel Brooks uh, Production House produced. You know, Vagrant? this was produced by Mel Brooks, and you would think that would be all like comedies. Not at all. No, dude, the movies he produced under Mel is uh, Eraserhead. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he did Eraserhead. He did, no, he did, a, he did Dune. I think he produced Dune. He produced I only solar have babies. Three examples: um, the Elephant Man, Solar Babies, and The Fly. And I also know he did The Fly too. Yeah, that's right, The Fly too. This was all made because of the association with the director. Uh, the director, what did he do? I think that the director was like a special effects person on The Fly, and even won an Academy Award. And he knew Mel Brooks, so when they brought the script to him, he knew who to go to. Carl, That's can you tell me what time you have? Sure. Or do you want to start from the beginning? 
Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Right now, it's I have a minute and 20, 21. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I have. I don't know what okay, I'm talking great. about. I didn't oh, realize Colleen, Colleen Camp's in this movie. I, I love her. Yeah, Colleen Camp, who's been on our show before, um, she's really, I don't know, she's herself in this, you know, her stiff yeah. self. Okay, this is Bill Paxton, and he's home shopping. See? Look at these prices. 90 grand for a house. Oh, my God. 60 grand, grand for, for a house? house? Yes. I, that's going to set you back. This is 92, and I'm sure it was shot earlier than that. Um, it was all shot in Arizona. So these prices, um, I mean, think about it. They've tripled. Well, you know, you would get a binder and uh, you would get yourself a Sharpie and you would look through. You would put your phone down, you stop scrolling, and right. you would look through a bunch of paper houses. Right. The pretend magazine from a company, a real estate. No, that's right. I think a realtor would give you that and they say, Do you yeah. have your own Sharpie? Sharpie's not provided. You have to bring your own. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to look at a house with Colleen Camp. Oh, great. Well, Colleen Camp, you know, she was like, um, for some reason, she's a big deal. I think she's very stiff, but she was a big deal in Clue uh, in 85 and two police academies. She was in Wayne's World, you know. Yeah. Do you remember her the... role in Wayne's World? She you was know? married to Brian Doyle Murray, the arcade magnet who was uh, sponsoring the show. Oh. And all the crew would hit on her and she would get all flattered. <laughs> I didn't realize she was married to an executive at Paramount Studios. What's plaguing me is that uh, she was in a recent movie I just saw, uh -huh. and it's killing me. I can't, like, I can place the scene, and I can't remember the movie. I just American watched American Hustle? Wait, that was 2013, though. It could be, like, See How They Run or Glass Onion, one of those type of movies that are streaming. Right. And like, well, she started off in the Planet of the Apes. It was the battle for the Planet of the Apes in 1973. And she, I, yeah, she's still current right now today. Yeah. Well, wasn't Stripes a big movie of hers? No, Meatballs. Meatballs or Meatballs. She was in a Bill Murray movie. Uh, let's see. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Election, wow. American Hustle, Apocalypse Now, Gumball Rally, Police Academy 4, My Blue Heaven, Last Action Hero. That's uh, action hero. That's probably a cameo. That Apocalypse Now role was like she was super young in that. She, yeah, there was probably like she was a Playboy playmate. She was, you know, the scene in which the guy's taken off in the chopper and he's hanging on and falls. It's 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 the USO. Yeah. Okay. No, she's going. This house. It screams to me. It screams potential. She's trying to sell it, but she's going to like turn into unrealistically super horny all of a sudden is this because he is being plagued by everybody like an after hours just... um well our film is just kicking off so right now he's like a middle management kind of working for middle management kind of guy in a corporate world who's about to invest in a home and uh that's where we're at he's going to be like this house doesn't call to me and then she, i don't think it's motivation to sell the house but she starts to Oh, you think like she was trying to seduce him to order to buy the house? Well, I thought that first watching, you know, but maybe I'll turn up the sound at that point and you can see it's a little unrealistic the way she wants to sleep with him. So 
he's walking around and discovering stuff he doesn't like. Like there's a drip and something's gross here, you know. Yeah, the toilet looks gross. <laughs> yeah. Look, take a leak. This is a book that was left behind, and we'll see it much, much later in the film. It just lets him know the vagrant was in my house. Oh, I got so he's gonna still get the house though. Well, yeah, like she starts to sleep with him, and he's like very resistant. He's like, I have a girlfriend, and then he goes to stop her. He goes, Okay, I'll buy it. And she goes, Well, you're very you're quick minded, Mr. Krakowski. And she Okay, that's, here we go. that's so funny because I think I watched a hundred pornos like this. Yeah. All right, here, let's. There we go. Lucky guy. So that's what's going to go on in this scene. She unrealistically is super wants to sleep with him. Carl, I remember what movie I saw Colleen Camp in this year, Amsterdam. Oh, Amsterdam. Yeah. That's with, um, that movie that takes place in Holland. And uh, that Colleen Camp is in it, I think. Yeah, I mean, that you pretty much sum up the film. <laughs> so now he's like, I'll take it. And she's like, goodness, you are quick to decide, Miss. You're a very decisive man, Mr. Krakowski. <laughs> what do you mean by quick? <laughs> yeah. Now, Krakowski, like crack house. You hear it? Krakowski? Crack house? Crack house? Ski. Crack helped? <laughs> crack helpski. Okay, so this is his body. Uh, this is moving his in. Da, da, da. Sorry. I'm moving in. Na, na. Oh, go ahead, girl. Um, I'm moving. What's that song? I'm moving I'm moving out. out. Really, Joel? I'm moving in. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. You should never argue with a oh, fuck that. I'm moving in. Too bad. He's moving in. Yeah, my bike is staying in the driveway. Yes, Dad. Too bad. I don't care if it's an eyesore. I'm moving in. Can you keep it down, Dad? Dude, dude. <laughs> Dad Rock. This is the vagrant, huh? Yes. And look, he's just casually walking through like a crazy bum kind of person. And Krakowski's like, what the fuck? But he's fearful, you know? So he doesn't approach him. It's his yeah. first experience. The kitchen needs to be more yellow, I think. <laughs> we do need to see him in such. There, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would stain everything and not clean up. Now, the guy who wrote this really wrote it off an experience with a vagrant. Of course, it was nothing like this, but um, but it gave him the idea. Let's see here. Yeah. A actual homeless person who lived in a vacant field across from the guest house Jeffries was residing in in Studio City of California at the time. Now, this guy, he didn't really write much, but... I don't know. He was in a collaboration with some... I, I've never heard of these films. Scarecrows, Cold nope. Creek Manor, uh, a Chevy Chase film, Man of the House. He, like, helped write the story credits. Yeah, I think I know that one. I know two movies called Man of the House. I think the other one was with Tommy Lee Jones. I have to check. Have you ever seen a movie Jimmy called Olsen. Lady in the Van? Yeah, that was a good film. Jimmy Olsen, On Deck... 
That's Jimmy Olsen. Oh, gee, we is Kent. Yeah, Mr. Kent. It's Mark McClure, and he's been in a million things. It's not fair for me to say uh, he's Jimmy Olsen, but come on, dude, be honest. There he goes. It's Jimmy Olsen. Now, these guys must be really good friends for him to wear those sandals in that house. (laughs) Well, he's, uh, you know, he's that, like, movie, you know, everyone's got that group of friends. Well, with him, it's just one. This is like paranoia over the vagrant. Like, what was that you heard? It was a, oh no, could it be just a loud squirrel? And he goes, yeah, it could be a loud squirrel. And he goes, beside with this deadbolt. So Jimmy Olsen's like, do you want me to spend the night? And Krakowski's like, no, no, no. Next thing you know, Jimmy Olsen's spending the night. the night. Yeah, I read that in the Daily uh, Planet, page six. I had newsflash. Who's that sleeping with uh, Jimmy? Who's Jimmy Olsen? Please find Jimmy Olsen in page six. Now, when we talked about seeing this film, you said, oh, this is basically Home Alone, isn't it? And I was like, no, it isn't, because I had seen it. But I know what you're talking about now, because the movie poster bites off of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yeah, well, he has his hands to his face like he's a young Macaulay Culkin. Right, exactly. Uh, Let's see. Uh, You can tell this flick came out right after Home Alone, right around the time of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, with fucking Donald fucking Trump. Bill Paxton's pose is reminiscent of a certain blonde kid that was left home alone. And the tagline was, he's not home alone. So that (laughs) kind of, so that's kind of a giveaway. So in 1992, you're at Blockbuster. Or you're at Video Smith or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's that copy of Home Alone you want to rent, and next to it is The Vagrant. Right. Yeah. Hook, hook. That's like a Roger Corman kind of trick. Right, the ripoff. But just the movie poster, I guess, and the promotion is ripping it off. It's not. Yeah, not the film, not at all. Uh, this film was. It took ten years to make us because the writer got distracted. I don't know if this is an interesting story unless you know these guys personally. Richard Jeffries wrote the script about a decade before the film's eventual production, shelved the idea in favor of other projects. At one point, William Wesley showed interest in the script, which led to them collaborating on Scarecrows after unearthing the script, performing some minor rewrites. Chris Wallace, that's our director, joined the project, and as director, he brought it to Mel Brooks, who we had done The Fly 2 with. Oh, wow. See, this director was not really a direct. Go ahead. I was going to say, wasn't Paxton in Fly 2? Or is my brain deceives me? Uh, huh. I'll find that out. Good question. Which I always say when I don't know the answer. Oh, I'll look it up. How do you spell IMDb? I am uh-huh. DB, like database. Ah. Okay. We try this thing out. Oh, they have a phone app, too. (laughs) Okay, now there's our vagrant. And for the first time, he's locking eyes with him. And Bill Paxton is scared. Now, Bill Paxton, I remember, you know, he did a little... He was in stripes for two seconds. But Terminator, that was the one, in my opinion, brought him to the public eye. He he was the the punk... Yeah, and then Cameron put him in all basically all his films. And Weird Science as the brother. Next thing yeah, you know, he's a, a megastar. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the... i trying to think of a... He got sick, I think. Uh, I'm going to look up him on yeah, IMDb. Bill died? Pullman. He had a... No, Bill Paxton. He had it. He had a... 
he had heart surgery. It was an intentional thing, but there were complications afterwards and, and he died. It's too yeah. bad. He was only 61. Wow. He came to Hollywood and he like went to the like Roger Corman lot and he joined it as some low level nothing. Next thing you know, Corman's putting him in stuff. We saw him in Brain Dead. Right, sure. That and that actually had Bill Pullman as well. It was the right. Jackman movie. Yeah, um, he Trespass. I remember. I don't know if you ever saw Dark Backwards with uh, directed by yeah. the guy who did Never on Tuesday. He's in that. He's kind of crazy in that movie. False move ninety two. Wyatt Wyatt Earp's naive young brother in Tombstone ninety three. One of three astronauts in Apollo 11, was that right? He, Apollo 13? He sure. Was in Apollo 13? I, I haven't had a chance yeah. to see that movie yet. You haven't seen Apollo 13? Well, let me ruin it for you. They don't get back. They die before they God come damn back. damn it. Yeah, they run out of oxygen. It's so simple. I watched the first 12 Apollo movies only for you to ruin it. I blame Kevin Bacon. He didn't click the toggle switch. Listen, man, I watched Apollo, Apollo 2, Apollo 3, Apollo 4, Apollo oh. 5. Yo. I was really looking forward to sit down for Apollo, Apollo 6, the sequel. Apollo yeah. 7, the trilogy continues. The trilogy, yeah. The okay. new trilogy. You see this lady here? She's sure. going to buy it. She's going to die. You see, he goes to the conference like, there's a vagrant. They come. They say, you. he goes, well, he was pissing in the bushes. They're like, pissing in the bushes. That we could make stick. So they go to the neighbor. <laughs> oh. There we go. Cops on patrol. I heard vague. I heard vagrants. You heard bacon. I heard vagrants. Now I remember the one time you let me be a vagrant in your backyard for that night I slept over, but you were like, "No hobo." That's you right. No hobo. Tonight, but we're no best hobo. friends, Carl, but no hobo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, he's mad. The vagrant. Oh, he's gonna come back. Fortunately, he's hiding behind a tree. The vagrant is Marshall Bell. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. He was in Stand By Me, Twins, Total Recall, Starship Troopers. He's, he's for real. Okay, now here's a character actor. You've seen him in a million things. Do you recognize him? Stuart Tankin uh, is his name. Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. He's a Isn't he a Broadway actor? Um, no, I think it's No, probably, I don't think so. I think it's a Mandy Patinkin. Uh, Hollywood Nights, uh, Fatal Attraction. He's like a character actor. Arachnophobia, Mannequin Two. Wait, wait. Did he play the spider? And did he was he the mannequin as well too? <laughs> he played the arachnid in Arachnophobia. Yeah. and he. Was I was scared. Spider Number Seven. Got my SAG card. <laughs> He's a, he was a self hating spider. Um, right. He was yeah, Honey, we shrunk ourselves. You've just seen him in a million things. Have you seen Honey? Should I watch Honey? We shrunk ourselves. I don't think I saw it. <laughs> I never saw the Honey. I the kids. <laughs> you never saw Honey? I shrunk the kids. No, I never saw Honey. I shrunk the kids. Well, you should see it. I wouldn't say stop what you're doing right now and go see it, but no, no, I'm, I'm in vagrant country right now. There's this real funny scene in which this ant dies. Right now, he's he's as large as life. You know, they're little, they're miniature, and they're right. he the ant was his friend, right? So, out the film, when the ant dies, it's kind of a sad scene, or so they hoped, right? The audience I was watching it in in Montclair in the Car 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 Carriage Theater, 
Oh, yeah, of course. The entire audience laughed their asses off when they were mourning the aunt. <laughs> was it a matinee show with the kids or was it the adults? No, it was, it, yeah, it was night. It was adults. Or, I, I don't know what it was, but it was the, the night show. Love it. I know because it was dark in there. Okay, so this is boring. A girlfriend's coming. That's all. And it's sort of like, dare I say the L word? It's like a very stiff, you know, they don't know each other too well, girlfriend. Oh, what's that? What's that? Is that a vagrant? You vagrant. <laughs> That's what that was. The French release was titled Vagrant. Is Colleen Camp ever going to show up in this movie again? Yeah, yeah, she will. Okay. So I guess, I don't know. There's not much else interesting about Bill Paxton except his ambition to get with Roger Corman and he became a star. I mean, he he did music. I wasn't very impressed. It was a band yeah. called Queenie Ranch. Um, he He's more like he's in so many classic movies. Like he just yeah. nails it. And it's a different variety of stuff, you know, so. I mean, The Dark Backwards, he was crazy in that movie. Which one? The Dark Backwards with uh, Judd Nelson. Yeah, I said I, I said I saw that, but I think I just was confusing that with that place in Stranger Things. Uh, maybe I haven't seen that film. <laughs> you, look, you see? That's hey, whoa. And look, you don't that's think that, representing that's, blood, even though it's not blood. This is slapstick all at Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a la Buster Keaton. No, this is not slapstick a la Home Alone. Yeah, oh. he's like a wet bandit. No, he he didn't get, fall for a trap. He had a clumsy accident. He's Buster Keaton. Okay, so this is like the movie Mousetrap, where like everything's a Rube Goldberg uh, con has no. Rube Goldbergian consequences. No, he flipped over the table. Okay, is this interesting? Okay, I, I think this is a crazy person, but he learned to speak German to prepare for his role in Pat Benatar's music video, what? Shadows of the Night. Wait a minute. He learned a foreign language to be in three and a half minutes. He doesn't, does he speak German in the music? When did they talk in Pat know. Benatar movie? <laughs> this it's a music one, video. You don't talk. I mean, unless you're like, uh, Look, usually ordered a nugget that. like that would be like 10 pages into Google. But on his IMDb trivia, that's listed. I don't know what it means. He, so the trivia is, oh, here's another trivia fact. I learned German to be in a Pat <laughs> Benatar music video. Right. Does he speak? It's a music video. If they do talking, like uh, the Daft Punk music video where the guy talks over, it's not going to be, I don't know, how much German do you need to know? You're an actor. You could just recite it. Of course. Look at Jimmy Olsen. He's like, hey, I know you. I sued you for 60 grand for fucking up my roof. He goes, ah, yeah, I got one of those faces. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's well-directed, I think. I mean, everything's kind of composed nicely. and well, you know, A lot of symmetry. They're always in the, you know. See, the thing is, you're right, but it's weird. This guy's not a director. He's only directed three things, and one was a TV show. Mm. This guy was like a special effects guy, and he was he won an Academy Award. Like I said, they let him direct The Fly Two. That was his debut. Oh, that's what I was going to look up. I wanted to see who starred in The Fly Two. Okay, he did um, makeup artist special effects. 
He's well known for his creation of the Gremlins. <gasps> yeah. Did he make uh, Stripe or the other one? What's I the other one? Googly Eye? Howie? Howie Mandel? He's I'm partially Mandel. responsible for the, creating Gizmo. the famous sequence in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the na Nazis melt. That wasn't that famous. Did, was he the guy who came up with the uh, pushing a box down a uh, warehouse? That was really that. I don't know how they did that. Those were his special effects on Gremlins. Oh, he, so he's got a fence and he's got himself. Oh, some... Yes. The vagrant has scared him and he is invested in security. The vagrant's not coming in. So this is not going to be. This is like Brendan Fraser. Do you remember Naked Lunch, William S. Burroughs' film? I saw it. Those weirdo faces, he did that. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a really weird movie. So, yeah, for sure. So that makes him a director? It's Here's not that he's... Friend. She's in from Boston. This is all Phoenix, Arizona, by the way. All Phoenix, Arizona. So they must have, they must have got a real house, obviously, or they must have built one or something. Oh, yeah. You know, I grew up in uh, Phoenix, and I know that this is 40 West Cambridge Avenue. Oh, as a native uh, Phoenixian? We say Phoenixian, Phoenixian. In, in back, in, back in AZ. That's what we call it. We say I remember you, do you remember your your Phoenix High School uh, high school cheer? Ah, I'm on fire! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bird uh, caught on fire. Help me! Why am I on fire? I come for the ashes. I'm going back into the ashes. I'm on fire! God damn it! That was the name of our high school literary magazine in Montclair High. I was the editor for the <laughs> Phoenix. Uh, no, but that was rising from the ashes. Uh, this shit is ashes. Okay, so now the girlfriend's here, and she's like, oh, you're waiting for me to help you decorate. And he's like, I'm a little fucking poor right now. And she goes, you have a credit card, don't you? And he's like, okay. Yeah, I see where that's heading. So now there's a project. See, like, everyone's in the center. All the action's always in the middle, and then you got left and right, uh -huh. you know, a stereo to look at and a lamp to look at. The guy's directing. It's a well-shot piece, and even this shot and everything. But our print is pretty bad, right? Oh, my God. Especially blown up on my television set. <laughs> it's all it's, blotchy. It, it's yeah, it's blotchy, blotchy, like Vaseline and crap. This was shot in 45 days. Not impressive. Now, something weird happened that I don't understand because I didn't research it. This film, it cost them $9.5 million dollars. And they made a net profit of $5,900. Say that again, please. Because our audience didn't hear this. Yes. They grow, They released in only eight theaters. Their opening <laughs> weekend was $4,300. And they worldwide, which meant U.S. and Canada, $5,900 box office. Why? No, honestly, have you ever seen a video box for this movie? I can't. I never heard of it. I heard about this only on, on the Facebook internet. page. Only Was on, Only on the internet for researching yeah. this film. And it's Home uh, Alone, too. I like, I'm on a bunch of bad movie uh, Facebook posts, and someone a couple months ago mentioned this movie, and I was like, uh -huh. oh, I never, I never even heard of it. So the thing is, he just dreamed of the vagrant. So... You're starting to realize, like, this is all in his head. You know, no. like, nobody else has ever actually seen the vagrant. Didn't and... the neighbor complain about the vagrant? 
Nope. They went over to say, did you see this vagrant pissing in the bushes? And she's like, I haven't seen a vagrant. Who, who did they put in the cop car? What's that? Who did, who did they put in the cop car? The vagrant. All a dream. I don't know how to explain it, Mike. I'm telling you, the, the director of this film or the writer, whatever it is, is leading us in the direction where it's all in his head. Nobody else has ever seen the vagrant. I, I, I know that they have, but like he fantasizes about him. He sees visions. Later on, he'll see like Colin Camp appear out of nowhere. The vagrant didn't right. do that. She'll see the neighbor who died appear out of nowhere. The vagrant didn't do that. Wow. Well, there's a little shirtless Bill Paxton from the 90s for you. <laughs> Making love Look at that to computer. his girlfriend. This is, Hi, I have this program. You've seen me on Seinfeld. Oh, right. I've seen him on Monopoly. <laughs> the boss is now lying. Like, um, like, Krakowski's Lithuanian, too. You know, a guy he's trying to sign yeah. the deal with. Oh, so now he'll say, the Czechoslovakian. Now he'll say a phrase in Czechoslovakian, like, forget what it what the joke was um it's like well we'll see it in a minute yeah let me turn it up okay. oh, So he did it. How? Yeah. How? How did he do it? He goes, what did he say? Wow, everyone's impressed. Let's see what he says. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. It's really <laughs> weird. It's inexplicable how he knew Czech, but this is a comedy. Well, well you know, sometimes sometimes the wash your hand, please wash your hands are in different languages. You know, right. we're in America. Oh, so that's maybe how he knew it from a sign? Yeah, because he saw, like, you know, wash your hands yeah. in English and in Spanish. Yeah, in Lodi, married. New Jersey, I went to a gas station. It was in English, <laughs> Spanish, and Czechless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. and you recognized all three. Now look, here is balloons and a heart-shaped box to celebrate his promotion. But the neighbor's dead. Oh, neighbor's always like killing my party. What a... That's the old lady. Yeah. Is he going to be a suspect in this movie? Oh yeah. With the vagrant is like only in his head, according the to people. Is in real life, but throughout a large chunk of this film, and I'll just point out as it happens, it's in his head. He's going crazy. He tries better than I do. Whoa, good pratfall, dude. That was a jack ripper. Yeah. Look, it's the real life vagrant. So he does have a problem. The guy's here. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's going to go upstairs and go to, I'll show you when the vagrant's fake. Most of the time he's lots, it's half and half. 
He's gonna go upstairs to call uh to his girlfriend and be like, "There's a he's." She's like, that's a nice homeless man I let in to have a sandwich. He goes, are you crazy? I spent all this money in security. <laughs> oh, no, who's in the shower? Well, it's her, he finds out. Oh, damn like, blurry. Excuse me, Graham. Jesus, Graham. You know what's depressing? This is the 4K cut of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the best shower scene you're going to see. This is the best uh, 1992 is going to give you. Now, 1992 for us, that's like yesterday when it comes to movie selection. Yeah, I really think so. Definitely for you. I mean, like for years, you were all over the 60s, right? You know? Right. Yeah, I could get out. Yeah. And also, you were always about those 80s films, the, the B film, you know, like, like four of them would release. So we'd see the fourth what am I trying to say? Private school and I forget yeah. the examples, but we we watched the trilogy of them. I think. Uh, well, you guys could check it out, of course, on MutinyRadio.fm on our archive page, and uh, just pick an episode and listen. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, see if it's sixties or eighty. Yeah, just pick a date, as if you have any context. You don't know what the fuck you're getting. Yeah. Our, our, like all Mutiny Radio shows, we're listed by the day of broadcast. Just go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube channel. Okay, here comes Michael Ironside. He's the Whoa. detective looking up, the investigating the murder across the street. His name is Lieutenant Ralph Barfus. Michael Ironside, speaking of like movies from different decades... As he grows older, he's just cooler and cooler. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, true, yeah. We saw him, but we never did, in Highballing. Hi oh, the trucker movie. Highballing was an early role for him, but I swear to God, I saw that movie four times. I never saw him. Right. What was the TV show, Ironside? That was Raymond Burr in a wheelchair. I think he was a police detective. And the BC Boy line was walking around town like a Raymond Burr. <laughs> was it? Because you're yeah. not walking if you're a Raymond Burr. He's Raymond Burr, not the Ironside. Right. He could have be Perry Mason walking around. Yeah, probably Perry Mason. You're right. Look at him. He looks good. He's young I'm... here. Right. He is young here. Well, um, okay. So. Let's see, where is he? Michael Ironside. Come on now, come on come now. On. We know Michael Ironside. I just saw him in like the... There he is. Scanners, right? Top yeah. Gun, Starship Troopers, Total Recall. Total Recall with the Vagrant guy. Right, of course. Was he in RoboCop? No. That thing was right up his alley, but I don't think he was. No, That's I'm thinking of Kurt Smith. Point. I get him and that, that 70s guy uh, mixed up. He, you know the father on the red on that 70s show? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. He was in uh, the Terminal, term, um, the Mars movie with uh, Schwarzenegger. He was really good. Totally. Wait a minute. So this is great. These are all character actors, including Bill Paxson. That people I get mixed up for other people. We get mixed up for other people. Is that Wait, Bill Pullman? Right. It was that... RoboCop he was in, and he was excellent in yeah. it. Okay, so, so Michael Ironside and Haywood Smith, if I, or whatever his name is, I do get mixed up just as much as I got Bill Paxton and Bill Paxton. Paxton. 
Now, what's happening now is the girlfriend is sort of like on the side of the cop, like you're overreacting about the vagrant, you're, you know, you're accusing him of killing the woman across the street and you have no evidence, this kind of thing. Does he? So, yeah. Now, the girlfriend is very disappointed in Bill Paxton, who just paraded in, interrupted her shower, criticized her good work of charity. You know, he's like on the outs with her now. Oh, I love when the news, local news shows uh, people, <laughs> be, that bodies being put in the morgue. Right. Did yeah. you see the cop eating? Yeah. Now, this is because of the movie. They showed yeah. the, they showed the body with the feet throughout this whole movie you'll always see the feet of the dead person and exposed in the open air and then the cop the african-american cop was like i'm mm, eating a sandwich it was so funny sure. but i like that it's like he saw it on the news like they broadcast that yes as news it's news someone got murdered I wish there was a streaming news channel of all fictitious news. Like every time someone comes in and turns on the news and they hear about their, in other news, a local robbery has gone to rob. All the movies. Yeah. Like, that would be pretty uh, cool. Coming up next, you know, asteroid hits the earth. <laughs> yeah, that would be really funny. Because they Especially, always like turn on the news. That's, I just complain exactly about Exactly their story. Click, it's on. Yeah. They turn it off before it's over. Now, we're in the 21st century where people don't really turn on the news. I mean, it's on streaming site, live sites. You could, right. you know, you could get it on a digital antenna, but no one like, so in 2020, they'll turn on the TV. You don't turn on the TV in 2020, no. or they'll be looking at a TV now, what, broadcast wait, on a wait, laptop. Wait. Hold on, hold on. He's now having a dream in which his girlfriend is getting fucked by the vagrant. See? Because he let her in. Now, so the film is getting him obsessed. <laughs> uh, turn the sound on. Oh, too late. That was his dream? That was his dream. He wakes up and there's no girlfriend beside him. What's going on? He needs to see a therapist, dude. Absolutely. Or meet meet friends. Uh, look, somebody clipped his glasses. Nice. Now look, she, this is pretty funny. She's saying like, I'm behind you 100%. I think you're a terrific person. You're going to be do great. And with the right kind of support and understanding, you're really going to pull yourself together. Then the taxi drives her away. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, that's like every 70s movie. Then she left me. Right. Good luck. Oh, then she's in the canvas of great. This guy's a great director. I guess, yes, but he never did it again. I don't he know. went from a close up that you don't recognize he's in the back seat, right? And it's on a crane. He pulls out, he's like going up like the whole street you see now as the car goes away. It's a great that shot. Definitely a crane shot. Maybe there's like a, it's a little stiff, the movie. So now the, f okay. Remember you saw the vagrant in real life and other people witnessed him too. There's no way he's fake. Right, of course. Okay. In this scene, he's thinking that he is fake and he's really the vagrant and he's going crazy. He killed the woman. Oh, Chuck, forget about him. I haven't seen him since that day you gave him the sandwich. It's me. It's me. 
That bum was the screen I projected my own unacceptable desires. He's thinking that he killed that woman. Anyone could have killed her. Anyone, Chuck. What? You? I said I could have done it. This is a really awkward timber, uh, Tinder date, a grinder date. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up? I'm going to get going. Oh, the trees! Look at this. It's centered. The tree's centered. God, this guy is really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The tree's centered. Maybe it's a little. Uh, American Psycho, Christian Bale. Now, I think Jimmy Olsen's taking this very well. Jimmy Olsen's grown up, and like, there are any fancy restaurants? Yeah, that's right. He's not a news. Yeah, a whiz kid anymore. Okay, he's not a crackerjack. Yeah. Photographer. Okay, so what's what's going on? He, um, this is what I was trying to tell you in the film. What's going on here is he's starting to think he's crazy, and he's you saw the vagrant in real life, but yet there is this whole narrative side in which he is a crazy person and he's doing the killings, but he never does. You mean like the audience as an audience member? I've seen like it interact as a real. It isn't like Fight Club, right? It isn't like Fight Club, but throughout Fight Club, you didn't get it until very deep in the film, right? So if you haven't seen Fight Club, fuck you. <laughs> Listen, if you haven't seen Fight Club, don't you know the first rule? The second rule is you don't talk. I, I, I remember on uh, September 12, 2011, I was at a video store. This guy was renting uh, uh, Fight Club. Yeah, Fight Club. And it's like, do you want to watch that? Like, yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I didn't ask him, but. No, but the thing is, you don't talk about Fight Club. So listen, right. if you want to see that film, go ahead and stream, you know. I don't want to say anything about the rules, but the first rule. <laughs> you don't talk about Fight Club. Have you have you read the comic book sequel? The author uh, no, wrote a Mike, sequel. Mike, you don't talk about Fight Club. Gotcha, gotcha. So this guy wrote this book called Fight Club, and it was about mm -hmm. this Fight Club where you don't talk about Fight Club. And people were like, this Fight Club would make a great Fight Club movie. We should call it Fight Club. <laughs> you know, what's funny is on my bookcase right now is Fight Club, and if it was close enough, I would go and just pull it out, <laughs> blow you oh. away. Aren't you a little nervous he's watching that movie? Taking notes? Okay, so now he wakes up like his alarm didn't go off. And it's one of those like, oh, shit, I'm late for work. You know, I'm going to get fired kind of moments. Yeah, he just got a promotion. So he's going to try to get his way to the office, but everything will distract him and stop him from getting there. Like he, the he, vagrant. Why is he crashing at... Uh... SpongeBob SquarePants' his house. <laughs> is that where he is? Yeah, well, look, he smells something. Something smells bad. Smells like a pineapple under the sea. Oh, go in the basement. Good, good one. Well, he's he's a home. He's a basement homeowner. He owns the basement. Dude, that you put you tie the door to the wall to make sure no one closes it. Now, I got a little Mel Brooks quote here that comes out of the mu the guy who did the music. Christopher Young did the music. He's getting an interview 
for a book called Scored to Death, which is funny. And okay, talking about this film, it's not quite like anything else I else and certainly nothing I had done before. There have been moments in some scores that I've blah, 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 blah. Later, he mentions the inputs of the producer, Mel Brooks. I think one of my best compliments I ever got was from Mel Brooks himself, who said, before your music was added to the movie, I wasn't exactly sure what kind of movie it was, but the music helped define the film. Oh, that's good. Well, we're not listening to the music. Here, I'll, uh, oh. l- let's no, turn on the music. No, no. There we go. Yeah, pretty cool. Is it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I like the theme song. It's, it's a little. Do you think it's a little annoying? Here, turn it off. I'll put on my audio. It goes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like um, uh, breathing, like a guy right. who's scared, and that's that's good about it. <clears throat> I guess, but it, more than ten seconds of it's kind of annoying. Is here? I'll put yeah. on the audio. Why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too? I'm gonna bury her anyway. Bury, bury that, that girl. girl. Bury her. Anyway. Okay, I'm looking at Wikipedia list look, of Mel wait, Brooks. Wait, look, uh, chocolate. It's the fingers. The it's lady fingers. They're cookies. No, they're lady finger cookies. Now look, the vagrant was down there. But he's uh Is he real? I don't know, Mike. Is this like, a dream? Well. There's something that's going to make him very real right now. He leaves, but then he comes back and, like, gives him a raspberry. Here, I'll turn up the sound. So, like, yeah, that's that the real world thing. Okay, you know what? What was the last Brooks film movie? What year did it come out? I don't know. Last year. Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. This oh, was cool. a animated film that had Mel Brooks do voice. Pretty interesting, I guess. I guess, yes. Because he produced his own films, but he did like uh, he Solar Babies. How old is he? Oh, he's in his 90s. Yeah, sounds right. Okay, so now he called the cops because he found the lady's fingers and the vagrant was in the office. And they're saying stuff like they're doubting him. They're like, "You, I'll turn up the sound later. Sure. He goes, you didn't smell that stink, Krakowski? Like, of course, it's awful. This movie is so blurry. I can't tell if, if Jimmy Olsen has a cigarette in his mouth or his hand. Maybe. Yeah, it's so mushy. It's sunglasses, I guess, in his hand. Yeah, I guess it's sunglasses. So what's really going on here is like doubt, reasonable doubt, like this story. Like it doesn't, you, you know, you didn't smell that. Now, Jimmy Olsen's defending him, going, what do all these things have to do with a vagrant living in his basement and killing the -the across-the-street neighbor? He goes, I have something to say, wise guy. And the cop is like, did you ever see this vagrant yourself? And so Jimmy Olsen's like, no, but I believe Graham when he says he did. They do this throughout the film. Okay, this is his security system set on a timer. So that the vagrant doesn't get in. When the sun goes down, the lights go up and music is blaring like somebody's home. You see him there with his gun and there's more like I'm crazy kind of things. And the right. vagrant is ne- there trip. touching his gun. 
See this vagrant's hand? <laughs> he never had a gun before. That gun was right. never introduced in the first act. Right. 